Hello and welcome to Oblivious Maximus number two. Um, my guest for this podcast is Jason Fuller or Jason PC. Some people may know him. Jason plays bass in Blood Duster and a band called The Ruiner and a band called Birdcage. And he owns a studio called Goat Sound Studios. He's recorded the last three iExist records in either an engineering production mixing or mastering capacity um he's been pretty heavily involved with our band and the recordings and stuff for the last couple records and a seven inch and stuff um and he's just a good friend of mine so i wanted to have a chat with him um me and jason known each other for a while and i always think he's got pretty funny things to say about metal and about punk and hardcore and about music in general and he's a lot older than me and he knows a lot more shit than I do so I wanted to talk to him um for anyone who is sensitive to uh swearing or other profanities and is easily offended I would recommend not listening to this podcast and maybe listening to the next one because Jason has a foul mouth on him for someone with as much grey hair as he's got. Anyway, this is me uh, recording my podcast with Jason Fuller of Blood Duster. Oh, just a quick side note too. The recording of this one sounds a bit different and it's a bit weird um, because we use different mics. So I think I'm going to go back to the way I did it the last time. But uh, yeah, it's a good conversation. I think it turned out well, despite having lots of swearing in it. Um... And that's not a bad thing. That's just something that people may not like. But anyway, here's Oblivious Maximus number two with Jason from Blood Duster. Brutal! question I sort of asked in the first one was like as far back as you can remember what was like your the introduction you had to music that like made music make sense for you like for me and it's the lamest thing in the world it was like hearing Michael Jackson I was like <laughs> that's music that's what I want to do so be Michael Jackson okay um Fuck, I don't know, man. Maybe I had a next door neighbour who I said in that me- that um, you know that metal doco that yeah. he um, molested me. He didn't actually molest <laughs> me, but I'm pretty much convinced he was a really young gay dude. Yeah. Because um, when I was really young, he was always getting undressed and getting in the shower. <laughs> that's that's what you can remember. Yeah, but he he had like uh, some punk records and stuff like that. You know, like. Well, punk and stuff like Kiss and, um, you know, that kind of junk. Yeah. You know, junk rock. Just Alice rock Co- stuff. Alice Cooper yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was probably the first stuff that I heard that I went, that I could remember thinking that was cool. But, you know, Kiss toured in, like, 1980 or whatever. Yeah. So I had all the clippings of all that. Like, every time they did something in the newspaper, I'd cut out the... Yeah, right. ...thing, and relatives would bring over all the Kiss stuff. And this was in Wangaratta. Yeah. Yeah. How good Wangaratta. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, probably Kiss, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I wonder and what happened to that dude. That dude who got dressed <laughs> unchanged in front yeah. of um, Alright, so if that's where, that's where it began, was some... Maybe a gay guy in Wangaratta <laughs> getting changed. I'm pretty sure I was like seconds away from being molested most of the time. <laughs> I was. Oh, he would have been like a few years older than me. Yeah. So, lucky, you know, at the time I didn't click. It was just like nude dude. Yeah. How is he back, always nude though? I have no idea. I just have all these memories that he was always getting undressed and getting in the shower in front of me. At your house? No, at, at the next door neighbor's house. Oh right. Okay. But I don't know why. Like I wouldn't be there. At night or early in the morning, <laughs> so he must have been sharing the mid-afternoon. Well, yeah. I might have some repressed memories. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, so, if from Kiss, is that where it turned into like alternative music for you then? Um, like, was Kiss the and punk stuff? Was that the 
intro to it being... Uh, well, I guess, you know, there was all like that stuff like Pink Floyd and all those kinds of things. Yeah. But it was never... I guess, like, when I first started getting into music, I realised I liked heavier stuff. Yeah. You know, like... Um, or, he- or more... I liked offensive things. Yeah. I liked... I like Prince. Yeah. Because he swore on those early records, like on 1999 <laughs> and stuff. Like, I was, like, really fascinated by the fact that he was swearing swear. on the records. Yep, okay. You know, and, uh, you know, Pink Floyd, I had Pink Floyd records that I listened to a bit, like, um, Wish You Were Here and stuff, but never, never kind of clicked that I really liked anything. I just always listened to music. Yeah. But it was probably, like, um, you know, when I discovered that I was, I liked heavy metal, yeah. that I kind of went... That's, you know, that's that's the thing. That's it. I'm done. I yeah. just listed the metal. Now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No. That's like. Yeah. You know, like I remember listening to like, um, you know, Paranoid. Yeah. And and already sort of thinking about the production of it. Yeah. Right. Because like it sounded heavy and cool and all that kind of stuff. So I was, you know, I I definitely remember being into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like as I was starting to listen to music, so... And so when, when from, I don't know, getting into that, were you starting to, like, play it? Like, did, were you already playing music before you nah, got well, into metal, or...? I remember bringing a, um, a guitar home from school, like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And they, um, and my parents, it was like a $25 guitar. Yeah. And my parents were like, take that back. <laughs> You're not playing guitar, you can't be trusted with it. So I was probably... 12 or something so I wasn't allowed to play guitar yeah and it was just like a friend of a friend had an electric guitar it was like a rumour that someone had an electric guitar yeah in Wangaratta in Wangaratta like, one dude you know so I ended up buying this guitar for like $40 or something yeah and it was like a you know, like the Gibson shape with the um, F holes yeah yeah you know that the, kind of shape like a the big guitar. like a Chuck Berry kind yeah, of guitar yeah yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this is awesome. Couldn't figure out what an amplifier was. Yeah. I know I was that young that I had absolutely no grasp of what actually had to happen or that you had to play it. Yeah. I just pretty just much once you Once you got yeah, it, you could play it. I just, just wanted it to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a hideous thing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a year later, I met someone who could actually play and he just went, there's no way you could ever tune this guitar. <laughs> <laughs> From that one yeah, guy. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah right. Well, so I, I don't really remember actually starting to play. I do remember having the thought with my mate because we started a band called Public Enemy. A brilliant <laughs> name. Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that in in years to follow, had rap had rap found <laughs> Wanger out of that no, point. No, this was this like so. I would I would have been thirteen or fourteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah. What, what year do you start high school in? Uh, year year seven. seven. Yeah, year seven. So, so 13. So it would have been 13. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a, you know, it's a long time ago now. I don't know how, <laughs> they probably were around then, but you know. Yeah. They hadn't reached Wangaratta. No. But, uh. Sometime before. Yeah, I do remember having it. the thought. Yeah. I'm not going to play guitar. That's way too hard. <laughs> I'll buy a bass. Perfect. <laughs> it was like the. The reason why everyone learns to play bass, yeah. or why everyone plays bass, is because you don't have to learn guitar. Well, I know every time I've ever played bass, the thought has been like, "Oh, I can definitely play bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, other than Public Enemy, were you in any other bands in Wangaratta before you moved here? No, there was no bands. Like, uh, my mate, there was a few of us that were into metal stuff. Like, yeah. Um. My mate had like Bathory records and yeah. Venom records and stuff like that really kind of early on, like all the early Metallica stuff. And we just flog all that shit to death. Exciter, yeah. you know, like Heavy Metal Maniac was like yeah. a, pretty, <laughs> uh, was a pretty big winner around there. Yes. But um, yeah, like he moved to Melbourne when he was 17 or 18. Yeah. And I moved to Melbourne when I was 16. So he must have been like at least a year older than me and then when we moved to Melbourne he was already in a band and then I started Blood Duster pretty much a couple of years Very after that. So, yeah. Yeah. so when you moved to Melbourne when you were 16 did you move here by yourself? Yep. 
And what did you do when you moved here? Well, <coughs> like uh, the whole plan was as soon as I turned 16, my parents couldn't say, you have to live here. And I knew I wouldn't be returned by the police. Yeah. As soon as I turned 16, I was going to leave. And they said, if you're going to do it, just at least wait until you finished year 10. Yeah. Just finish that. Yeah. And I think they thought that might give me a cooling off period where I right. might... Not leave. Might, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I was just like, nah, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the day I was going to um, go to Melbourne, like I, I was going to get the train the next day, a bloke, well, a kid my age came up and said, um, my dad's got a shop, come and work for us. So I ended up living with him for the first month or something. What sort of shop was it? Just it's like one of those $2 shops. Oh, right. They were into that whole fucking scene. They, were like, they were like carnies. <laughs> No, they were nice, but... Um, but that's what got you here. That's what got me there, so I had somewhere... I was in Melton. Yeah, and, um, so not really. Yeah, probably. I wasn't really in Melbourne. <laughs> I didn't understand that Melton was so far away yeah. and that, you know, trains didn't run on Sundays to get to the city. Right. <laughs> so, which Sunday was the only day I really had off. Yeah. So I could barely get to a record store and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I got kicked out of that house for... Because um, he started to put Metallica posters on his wall. Yeah. And I, um, he had Bross posters. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. This dude had Bross posters on his side of the bedroom. <laughs> and I had Metallica posters on my side. And he couldn't understand why I'd want to look at ugly dudes. And I kept <laughs> saying to him, why do you want to look at good-looking dudes? Yeah. And then he took all the posters down, realised that was probably a little gay. Yeah. So he took them all down. And his mum pretty much said I was turning, into a, turning him into a Satanist and kicked me out. And was that the end of the two dollar shop employment that was the as end well? Yeah, uh, two dollar shop employment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. what did you do after that? Is that how was that like that getting I, kicked I came, out of the house? Yeah, part I, of the reason why you. I came. I came back from work. Yeah. One day, all my stuff was packed up. Yeah. And in a station wagon. Yeah. And they said, "Oh, we're we're taking you home to your parents." And I'm like, "Yeah, you don't have to do that. I'm just going to come back here. You're just wasting your time." Yeah. I was polite. I did, like I wasn't trying to be cool about it. I was just yeah. like, I don't understand why you're insisting on doing this. It just makes no sense. You're just wasting your time. Yeah. And um, they drove me back to Wangaratta, and I just said to my mum, "Can you give me a lift to the uh, train station?" Yeah. So she gave me a lift to the train station while they were still at the house oh, chatting, and I just came back to Melbourne. Yeah. And um, yeah, I went to meet this chick that I'd kind of hooked up with. Yeah. Thinking I'll be able to stay with her. Yeah. She was like, "There's no fucking way. <laughs> no <kidding. laughs> No fucking way you're staying with me." Yeah. And I was like, "All right." But she rang one of her mates, and her mate said, "Yep, we've got a room in St Albans." So I ended up staying with living in St Albans. Living in St Albans, <laughs> fucking sixteen. So Wangaratta to Melton yeah. to St Albans. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Sick. I look right. at sixteen-year-olds now, and I'm just like, who the fuck would let a sixteen-year-old? Just fucking do anything rent a like flat. that. Yeah. Who rents a flat to a fucking seventeen-year-old kid? Because yeah. I was probably seventeen by the time I was just signing a lease. That I mean, yeah, I would I would say the same thing. Yeah. A seventeen-year-old now wouldn't have any oh. way of oh, no. organizing that either. I didn't have a way of organizing it either. It was just yeah. Fucking. You had the drive though. Yeah, I had the drive. Yeah, the drive to do it. Blind determination. <laughs> Just to not be in Wangaratta. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Um, so when did when did Blood Duster start? Was it relatively soon after so that? That was like ninety one, August of ninety one. So I think I left school in eighty nine. Yeah. So it was like yeah, a year and a bit later. Yeah. So and so two years later. So effectively, Blood Duster was like the first yep. real band yeah. you ever did. Yeah. Couldn't insane. couldn't really play before that point. Like yeah. just enough to, just enough to fake my way through a song. But my mate at the time was in Damnatory, mm -hmm. which were like an early Melbourne death metal band. He was the guy from Wangaratta who'd moved up a year earlier. Okay. So he'd kind of been to gigs and done all that kind of stuff. So yeah, when we sort of started the band, it was just me and him. Yeah. And um, you know, we were together for like three months or something. Yeah. And we, you know, it, it seems like it took an eternity to do that demo yeah it really took three months yeah. from the time we started right which is not very no, much time well, i wasn't doing anything else yeah have a fucking job yeah right so you know it's not like i was worried about paying rent yeah or, <laughs> or giving a fuck about anything else so who was in blood duster on the blood duster demo 
It was me, Anthony Barry, and a guy called Brick. Anthony Andrew Brown. He's now like a DJ. At, like we got DJs at all those deviate joints and stuff like that. Oh, He's right. always been in that that goth scene. And what did he do in Bloodbuster? He was the drummer. Okay. But yeah, if you listen to the demo, you'll know why. He Left. He left. Well, he had, he had he fell down at a disco because he was wearing high heeled <laughs> shoes a couple of years before I met him. Yeah. And he twisted his leg like the one leg, you know, the leg just leg just twisted at the knee, and his fucking kneecap slid down his fucking leg. And he never got that. So he had, the, he had the kneecap removed and all that stuff. So oh, when shit. he does the double kick stuff, it just gets weak and weak because his leg that didn't work <laughs> as good as it should have. That was a very good, mm. very good start to a band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were winners. So from, like, h- how long did it take from the demo before things started, like... Getting good? Well, yeah. Or better? Well, getting better. <laughs> how um, long was Neilis Joe in well, the band for? we did one gig with, like, I was living with Anthony Barry. Yeah. Who was the guitarist, and he, at some point, he just decided... He wasn't paying rent, or some, there was some, you know, you know when you live together and people yeah. things just, just become amplified. Yeah. So, you know, I just basically said "fuck you, dude," and then just kicked him out. Yeah. And he hasn't spoken to me since. Since '91. Since '91. Fucking hell. Um. Held in a grudge. I think so. I wouldn't know. And so he that might have just fucking moved on. I was like, I got better things to think yeah. about than this fucking bullshit. So that was clearly the end of him. That being was the in end Bond of him. <laughs> And we, you know, tried other stuff where Brick realised he wasn't good at, you know, yeah. drumming and stuff. So he was going to, um, he wanted to go to vocals, and yeah. he turned up at rehearsal like, um, and I'm not, I'm shit you not. He turned up at the rehearsal. Where it was me and a couple other dudes, you know, sort of ring-ins for that, yeah. that time. And he came in and put a fucking bandana on <laughs> and was like trying to, not power metal dude, but he wasn't, wasn't death metal either. Yeah. It was like kind of this weird glam thing. And he's, if you've seen him, he's a, he's a big dude. He's not glam at all. Yeah. It was just awkward and weird. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we do it again then. So yeah. Brick was out. Yeah. And then Onto we had a couple, two, couple dudes that were just, you know, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, we got the um, the drummer and the guitarist from Hecatomb, who okay. was like an early yeah, yeah. Doom band. Yeah. So we got those two to do Fisting the Dead. And, um, yeah, all good. Yeah. And so when, when did Tony come in? Well, Tony, Tony joined, um, yeah, just pretty much after the demo. It was like... We had, I had those two dudes came in, yeah. and then I just wrote, um, Entasis put out their demo, mm-hmm. which Tony was in, and had these really high-pitched vocals in there that were like, yeah. like completely ridiculous high-pitched vocals. It yeah. sounded like, like a raped woman screaming. It was just like <laughs> really high-pitched and annoying and shit. Yeah. I was like, this dude's awesome. <laughs> So I rang him and said, oh, do you want to join Blood Dust? And he was fucking wrapped because we were his favourite band from the demo. Like, he was like fully into us and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's yeah, great. so he, he joined just before we, so we that, started having songs ready for Fisting the Dead when he joined. Yeah. So from the get-go with that, with him sounding like a woman getting raped, mm. as you just said, <laughs> was the plan... It was hor- Like, if you listen to that in Tase's demo, yeah. he's never done vocals like that again. Yeah. I, even though I got him in Blood Duster to do those vocals. He immediately yeah, didn't he, do them. Yeah, he just regretted them. Um, so was that, like, him doing that, was that kind of the start of you guys doing a lot of shit just because it was, like, you stupid, know, stupid <laughs> and vulgar and so on? Well... Was that where that began? Well, it was just a, a joke thing, you know, just, like, dumb... Yeah. Dumb humour, like, and there was, you know... That before, like you know, now now everyone's like completely PC. Yeah. But you got to think in '91 or whatever, there was still full yob culture. Yeah. That was you know in the scene. Yeah. So it was kind of like a part parody of that, and also you know everyone was everyone in the scene like there was you know all the crust punk stuff was like really serious and yeah you know if you did anything that you know 
So it was kind of part parody, part, you know, annoying people, really. Yeah, just trying to not be exactly yeah. the same as everyone else. Well, a lot of our friends were, you know, crusties and punks and stuff, so... Yeah. You know, they'd talk their fucking political shit, and then yeah, we'd yeah. just be annoying. Yeah. We were the annoying assholes of the scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, so... And so when, when you started, when you guys were doing that after Fisting the, the Dead came out, was that when, like, from that point, was it like, are these guys like a metal band now, or was it with those crusty punk dudes? Were they well, we were all pretty receptive together. to yeah, that? Like, yeah, like, like, you know, um, you know, we'd play gigs with Bean Flipper all the time, you know, like, people that knew us yeah. in that scene were fine. It was only when it was outsiders newcomers to that scene that crust punk scene that didn't know us they were the ones that caused all the you know shit because they couldn't see you know any kind of irony or humor or anything in us that was just yeah we were just offensive yeah you know and it was just you know it just got stupid yeah back then like you know people were like really angry so was that, would you say that was like what was influencing Blood Duster to be probably. like ridiculous? Was yeah, probably. just to piss people off because yeah, probably. They, weren't, yeah. they weren't into you guys yeah. doing it? So well, yeah, there was like, you know, and at that time all that stuff like Cannibal Corpse and stuff mm-hmm. was coming out. So everyone was talking about that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Even though I still think they're fucking retarded. Their lyrics are just stupid. Yes. You know? And they take great... Yeah, yeah, like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. There's no There's irony nothing deeper. or, you know, yeah. it's just like, wow, you just, that's really dumb. Yeah. You know, so we were doing the same thing, but it was always dumb. Yeah. You know. It was just, it was taking the piss. It wasn't well, being, it was, being know, brutal as dudes. Much, yeah, as much, yeah, yeah. We, we were not brutal dudes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, we loved brutal stuff. But, yeah. You know. We weren't idiots either. Yeah. So I guess at that time as well, not only was it taking the piss out of like the crusty punks and sort of giving them to be annoyed about, it was directed at metal dudes yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, like when we started putting all the rap stuff in there. Yeah. That was when all that, you know, misogynist rap yeah. was really sort of taking off like Ghetto Boys and NWA and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, well, let's just chuck that in there. Yeah. And dudes were, you know, because everyone hated rap if you're into metal. Yeah. You couldn't like rap. Yeah. So, yeah, we started chucking that stuff in. That was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So where did, where did that change sort of come in then from, so doing Fisting the Dead, where did like... Well, Fisting the Dead was all, you know, it was... Um, like influenced by like Impetigo or Impetigo or however you want to pronounce it. Like yeah. those kind of early you know, kind of carcassy kind of influences and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, it's like when you do a band, your first record is always that's where you show all your influences. Yeah. Your everything you're record, ripping off. Yeah, yeah. And your second record is where you're like, Oh, that's what we do. So yeah. then you start to expand on what you do. So the influences yeah. kind of disappear. So Yeah. You know, as we started to bring more shit in, you know, it just kind of started to be a bit more like us, I guess. Yeah. So when did band members start changing after that? Well, Brad didn't want his name on the Fisting the Dead CD because it was so offensive. He didn't want his mum to see it. Yep. And Shane was getting, like, right into black metal. Yeah, yeah. Decided to turn into black metal. I can't remember... Kicking the man, I, I, yeah, Brad. I remember he was he put down an ultimatum like it's it's me or the band kind of thing. In what like regard? He, he he wanted to. We had a um, we we're going to go play in Adelaide. Yeah. And he didn't want to go. Yeah. For whatever reason. Uh-huh. And he said, "It's me. It's you either choose to go to Adelaide or me." It's like, well, we've got the show booked. We're going to go. Yeah. And that was kind of it, you know. Yeah. So. Wasn't anything particularly nasty and stuff, but yeah, you know, and and we were all young, yeah. So it was just like, yeah, whatever. Who gives a fuck? We're just doing this, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So and then uh, so when when Brad left, that's when we got Finn, mm-hmm. and Finn was there for the next record, and yeah, yeah. And then we, because w- I always wanted two guitarists, I wanted to do yeah. like really dumb metal leads and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So we had Finn and Matt for a while. Yeah. Before Straight Outta Northcote. 
and um, yeah, and then uh, Finn didn't think Matt was good enough, so I kicked Matt out. Yeah. For straight out of Northcote, and then when Finn didn't want to do anything, like it was kind of like control things with the band, like yeah, you know, he wanted all the control and all that kind of stuff. And when I just finally went, ah, oh, fuck, we can't deal with this. I just yeah. rang Matt, and that's when we did the cunt record. Yeah. You know, so that was liberating. Yeah. You know. <laughs> to get rid of one. Yeah, because it was just like you know, fuck, someone just wants to fucking do everything their way. And they've got issues with me because, you know, apparently I'm controlling. Yeah. You know, it's just that yeah. thing. Well, I mean, I, I guess as well, in the other side of that is that you probably had the right to be controlling too. Well, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just kind of go, well, it's just that, that thing. If if there's two people who want to run the show... Yeah, it's not going to work. Someone has to go. Yeah. And I'm not getting kicked out of my own band. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> he can you know, go instead. Yeah. Yeah. So spoken to me since then either. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Revealing a lot. Yeah. Um, so with like with those influences, like you were saying before, like that rap stuff, that obviously had an influence e- even just in name on having a record called yeah. Straight Out of Good. Mm. Was that something that like everyone in the band shared, or was that something that you just thought would be funny to fuck with metal dudes? Um well, we were, we were doing, you know, we had like a, before that we had like a, a t-shirt that had Blood Duster written in the NWA text. Yeah. With, um, I can't remember, it said harder than a motherfucker backwards. Yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of doing all the rap kind of stuff. Like, you know, back before everyone was um, parodying their favourite band. You know, like now everyone just gets someone else's yeah, yeah. logo and just... Puts it on it. Yeah, yeah. So that there wasn't much of it, you know, like so it was kind of being a bit cheeky yeah, right. to do it. So it was kind of like, oh well that just kind of kept rolling on and then we we're like, Oh well, we live in Northcote. Northcote yeah. was a really shit suburb. Yeah. You know. Wasn't what it is. It now. wasn't what it is now. <laughs> now it's like we wrote straight out of fucking Turak. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, it's just an extension of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, all, every time we've done a record, we've always kind of wanted an angle. Yeah. Like, a something to attach to it. Like, it's not just a collection of songs. It's, you know, there's there's more. If you, if you look into it, there's always something more to find. Yeah. Like, the Yeast record, you know, that was basically to annoy Christbait. Yeah. Their record was called Yeast. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and they were mates. So, it's like, well, we're going to call our record Yeast. What are you going to do about it? That's <laughs> good. Just... Yeah being punishes really yeah, that's a good thing yeah and, and so was that like when all that was happening <clears throat> was that when you guys were sort of starting to get bigger within the metal scene as well well that's the thing is like we kind of got enough we got big enough really quick because i worked in the metal store at um in flinders lane yeah. so any metal dude in melbourne that bought metal yeah Knew who you were, yeah. Yeah, so like I was in the shop all day, every day, yeah, spruiking the demos and you know that kind of shit, you know. So everyone kind of knew. So when we did our first gig, there was heaps of people there, yeah, and it just kind of continued. Like, I mean, sure, if we had got shitter, yeah, I mean, we were pretty shit then, yeah, but you know, when something's new and shit, it's not so bad, yeah. But then when we got better, it was like, oh, they're actually okay, yeah, (laughs) so you know, yeah. So, <clears throat> through all of that, as it was turning, where, at what point did you see Blood Duster becoming a band that was like... Probably at the cunt record. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, we were... You know, it we, wasn't just the thing that metal does. Yeah, yeah, we, we did the... You know, we did um, Fisting the Dead, and it, that sold really well. Yeah. And then we did the Yeast EP, which sold really well, and it was like, we knew we could sell a couple thousand in the first week. Yeah, right. of, of release and I was like yeah. okay cool and the label we were on Dr. Jim was you know really supportive and he had all, you know he was into really arty kind of bands and it was right. Us and Christbait yeah and Us and Christbait were the only bands that actually made any money yeah right they they weren't not the arty the, bands the arty bands money. no they weren't yeah. selling and all that kind of stuff he loved that stuff that's what he was into yeah but Edgar who worked at Missing Link was into Christbait and, and Blood Duster yeah so they were his choice. Yeah, right. So that, those bands did really well. So we kind of knew at that point we could negotiate, you know, 
you know, not not better rates because Dr. Jim never gave us a bad rate or anything, but yeah. we knew we could go directly and bypass Dr. Jim and all that kind of stuff. So when yeah. we did the current record, you know. So did you release that yourselves? No, it was, well, <coughs> yeah, but it was um, distributed and everything through Shock. Yeah. So they kind of released it, really. Yeah. We didn't do anything. I and was just acting as manager and promoting yeah. it. So. And did Cunt come out overseas? Yeah. Was that the first one to come out overseas? No, the Fist and the Dead and Yeast were packaged together and came out on on Relapse before that. Yeah. So they Relapse put out Fist and the Dead and Yeast and Straight Out of Northcote. Yeah. And then Cunt. Then for that next record... We went to Seasons of Mist for that record. Yeah. Yeah, we went to Seasons of Mist because Relapse hadn't paid us for the first three records. So, so we went, well, it's about time we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, this is fucking pointless, you know. Yeah. And so how did, how did you get hooked up with Relapse to begin with? Was it through working in record stores and doing all that well, stuff? Well, I, I used to write to Bill from Exit 13, who yeah. went on to do whatever. And, and when I was working at Modern Invasion, which was the, the distributor of... Yeah, metal stuff. I convinced them to take all the relapse early seven inches because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, they had um, deceased and um, incantation and a couple other releases and had the exit thirteen seven inch and was it chorophobia? That name might have been distro and that. Yeah. So they had all this stuff. So I convinced Daniel at Modern Invasion Distribution to take relapse. Yeah. And he was just like, "This is fucking bullshit. There's nothing fucking good here." <laughs> fucking shit production, blah, blah, blah. And then fucking Relapse started to take off. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, that's yeah, that's you know. funny as well that you are then essentially kind of responsible for it oh, coming out in Australia. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I fucking helped those dudes out and then they fucking just robbed me yeah. as soon as they fucking had the chance. <laughs> I yeah. ran into the fucking owner of Relapse in Belgium and said to him, you know, do you think that's ethical not to pay? And he's like, but you read the contract. Yeah, and because I didn't res- um, send my um, dissatisfaction with them saying we were going to leave the label mm-hmm. in a registered letter, yeah, they pretty much had me over a barrel because we just went fuck you and signed to someone else. Yeah, as soon as we signed to someone else, they were like you're invo- in, you know, blah, 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 contract. contract blah, blah. It's like oh come on. Yeah, like we're all mates yeah. at the start, and you know money, man. Yeah. How old were you when you got into all that, though? Was that well before that knowledge had been... Oh, fuck, I didn't know anything. Yeah. You know? You know when we had the relapse contract, like, we didn't know what fucking publishing was. Yeah. You know? All we did was when we signed to relapse is we knew we were making money in Australia. Yeah. So we just signed a contract that kept all our rights in Australia. Right. So, you know, they couldn't grab that money. Yeah. Which was probably the best thing we ever did. Yeah. Because you know we you know we were selling enough records here to get by, but you know, who knows what they were selling over there at the time, you know. Yeah. So when was the first time you went overseas? Was it? It wasn't for cunt or anything. No. It was much later, or? Um, first time we went overseas was that obscene extreme tour, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that European tour and. That ended in obscene extreme and all that stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, we, we, like you know, it was when we started. It was impossible to get a CD out. Yeah. You know, it was like no one had a CD out. I remember a Bremelin brought out a CD and it was like they've got a fucking album. Yeah. Like it was like. How did they do yeah, this? Yeah, this was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it's, I mean, this conversation is jumping around heaps, but mm. like when, so when. Well, the one thing that, like, I like, you know, your input on yeah. is from when I was a kid, when I saw Cunt come out, yeah. what what was the, how did yourself and the label and Shock approach releasing a record <laughs> called well, Cunt? Well, when we went, because that's when we went by ourselves, like, you know, we were on, you know, yeah, we're going to do this, and we had the drummer from um, straight out of Northcote, Ewan, yeah was living with me and I remember saying to him, you know, so I was around the time of Straight Outta Northcote, a little bit after, I said, yeah. oh, I'm going to call the record Cunt. Yeah. And he's just like, you can't do that. Yeah. I was like, why can't I? Why hasn't someone? Yeah. This is, you know, like, 
it's just a word. It's mm. just one word. It's not in any context. And he's like, yeah, you can't do that. He was like so against it. Yeah. And he left the band around that time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, we have to do it. Yeah. And we approached, we just said to Shock, it's going to be called Cunt. Yeah. It's just going to be written on the cover in, you know, just going to say Cunt and Blood Duster, just black. Yeah. No, no pictures or anything. Yeah. And they're just like, well, okay, we'll do it if you, you know. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, they were, they were good about it, you know. Yeah, right. But the whole idea was that no one had ever sell it in the stores. Yeah. Which we didn't give a fuck about. We just wanted to call the record Cunt. Yeah. Like even if, even if nothing else happened from that yeah. point. We'd be like, we'd still we be known as the band that did that. <laughs> you know? Which so. is further continuing the band's efforts yeah. to just irritate everyone. Well, it's, it's that, um, I, I look at it as, um, not, not like an art thing, yeah. but like a, you know, even with the cult record, you know, like it's, it's just a continuation of that thing of, let's just see what we can get away with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even Fisty the Dead, it was all like, like oh, let's do this, see what happens. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's worked. Yeah, well, that's it. Every time it's happened, it's yeah. someone's talked about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, okay, so after Cunt, that, so that was probably, that was obviously a big promotional yeah. thing as yeah. well. Yeah. It got, would have got heaps of chatter, yeah. people just going, yeah. I mean, that. I know from, again, the fact that when I was in school mm. listening to metal, people were like, there's a band from Australia that yeah. has a record that's called Cunt. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. I want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's what I mean. Like, everything has an angle. Yeah. So it's never just a, a record. Yeah. You know, and people would say, you can't do this. It's sexist. And it's like, it's not in any context. Yeah. It, it's just using the word. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know. And so yeah. after after that came out, that was, I mean, that had a lot of songs on it that, yeah, that was popped up a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when we started writing hits. Yeah, <laughs> sellable bangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you had videos on Rage there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you managed to get a video on Rage that's yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. That yeah. was, yeah, like a grindcore death metal yeah. song. Like, yeah, yeah, no. it was just yeah, you know just one of those things man like just it's I have a philosophy in life yeah that if you have an idea you should follow it through as far as you can go with it yeah it's led me nowhere <laughs> but it has given me heaps of cool fun stories and, and an album, and things, an album know. called Cut. yeah you know yeah um alright so after that was that was that when things sort of started getting bigger for you guys in Australia in terms of shows and tours and stuff uh, yeah, like, well, I, I guess it's probably the first time we really did start playing all the time. Yeah. You know, we had, um... Were yeah. people, were people leaving jobs for the band at this point, or was it still, like... Um, well... Because that, that was when Josh was in the band. Yeah. Um, there was talk of it, and, and we were getting, like, you know, starting to think whether we should go more professional and... Yeah. Uh, professional as in you know do overseas tours and you know concentrate on trying to make some money out of it not not change the band to make money yeah, but there was but an opportunity do to more. do shows and you know things like that so th- th- all those questions come up but you know it was always just a case of we were never that organised yeah like you know after that, we you know decided to get a manager and all that kind of stuff, and that didn't really. I think Blood Duster just is what it is. Yeah. And yeah, it it's just yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, but I mean, there were things like obviously it was after that though, in terms of like the timeline, but like you guys doing Big Day Out and stuff. Yeah. Like was that? That was just after that. Um, after the, the self-titled the, record, yeah, yeah. which was the next one after Cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, you know, things just... And was that, the at the time, the biggest thing the yeah. band had yeah, done? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Paid us... Who was on, who was on Big Day at the you played it? Metallica. Yep. Um, Black Eyed Peas, The Darkness. What year was it, 2004? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. 
can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. It was like, you know, dudes were into it. Yeah. You know, it was the same year that um, the fucking annoying band, um, Sex is on Fire band, what's that band? Uh, Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. Yep. That's the thing that really fucking shit me about all that stuff. Like, Blood Dust were playing those shows and Kings of Leon were on after us or you know next to us pretty yeah. much at every big day out mm-hmm. they were on the cover of every fucking magazine yeah blood duster were barely mentioned that we even played the big day out yeah but you know like we played in um you know the melbourne show for example that whole shed was packed yeah you know like we've got it on the dvd like you can see this the whole fucking thing's packed people are going nuts yeah kings of leon played right after us on that stage yeah the place just emptied out. Yeah. And I was like, that's when it really started to fucking hit me that it doesn't matter what the fuck we do. Yeah. You know, we're never going to have the mainstream media on our no, side yeah. Yeah. enough to go any further than where we are. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. They fucking, Kings of Leon, like, beat Impress, all those magazines, their record company was spending so much money and stuff, and we weren't spending any money. You so just, no one gave a fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that Big Day Out book came out and it said it's, it's got every band that's ever toured, um, done the Australian tour of the Big Day Out. Yeah. It doesn't have Blood Duster in it. Oh, God. It's just like, <laughs> we're just it's wiped, left out. wiped from history, you know? And I, did, I you ha- did you have any issues with them at all? On no, we, we turned up and we had such a bad rep as being like this fucked up thing. They wanted us on there. Yeah. But as soon as we turned up, we were pulled into a room yeah. and we were told... That we weren't, were not to misbehave, that anything we did, um, you know, blah, 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 you'd be thrown out of the tour. And I'm like, and I said to the, the woman, do you say this to all the bands that turn up? Yeah. And she was just like, don't be a smart ass. It was like, they fucking hated us from the moment. And it was like, we hadn't how did, done it. So anything. how did you get on it to begin with? We had a booking agent at the time who, I think he did Killing Heidi and a couple other bands. Right. He just took a liking to us. Yeah. And he just said, I think I can get you on the big day out. It was like, fucking sick. Yeah. All those... You know, blood and was that right after that self-titled record had yeah, come out? Yeah, pretty much. So it was part of like the swing yeah, of that yeah, record yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like this weird thing. Like, it's actually helped Blood Duster and hindered us at the same time. Like, anyone who wants to rebel in the industry back then, mm-hmm. you know, to get wild, they'd choose us. Yeah. And, you know, they were, you know... They were dancing on the edge, man. Yeah. You know, we've got blood duster on, you know. Yeah. We're, we're pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But they didn't but when really you, want when to. When you were there, <laughs> they were warning yeah, you not yeah, to yeah. do things. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was that kind of yeah. thing. And so, yeah. I guess through all this, the other thing that's like, I mean, probably the, the main reason I wanted to talk to you was that um, you started, at what point did you become heavily handed in the production of blood duster's well, music? Like right from the start, that was kind of what I did. I didn't actually know that's what I was doing. Yeah. But if, like, when Doing we did, yeah, when we did the demo, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking write a song. Yeah. I could write lyrics, so I wrote all the lyrics. Yeah. So I kind of dictated the direction that everything was going to go. Yeah. And then, you know, like put the cover together. Yeah. You know, all that kind of imagey kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, when there was riffs, when we were writing stuff, even though most of the riffs were written by um, the other guitarists, yeah, I was just like, that one's shit, put that one there, mm. that goes there, that, no, nah, fuck that bit off and do that, you know, right, so right. it was it was like that right from the start. So you were effectively the, producing yeah, it but from like, the get-go. didn't think about it at the time, and it was probably just because I was a control freak, Yeah, you know, so I was more control freak, just wanting to get his way. Yeah. But, you know, then... As shit went on, like, I got looser and looser with all that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. if someone's fucking, you know, well, when I say looser and looser, if there was something good, I was always going to fuck go, that's fucking sick. Yeah. You know, I just kind of maybe got rid of the shitter stuff, Yeah. You know? So, but it was probably around cunt where I went, you know, okay, I'm kind of, I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. Like, yeah. Like, I kind of know I'm producing, even though I didn't put my name on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so had you at that point started doing actual recording stuff or mm, not Only yet? just demo, really rough demo shit. Of your own stuff or yeah, other people's just, stuff too? just their own shit. Yeah. yeah. It was probably, probably after the, um, after the self-titled record that I started to record. Yeah. You know, like just buying computer programs and figuring that stuff out. And the first stuff you recorded was that? always blood duster stuff or was it um, did you start recording other things first no i think blood dust was the first thing yeah i think that was the first thing i think the first thing i produced was the stiff mate ep right which was youngie from king parrot and um those dudes yeah so th they were just blood duster fans really yeah and you know we just play gigs together and shit yeah. and i was trying to just help them out so i was producer on that, which, record, yeah. which just meant I sat in the studio and just went, man, guitar sounds good. Yeah. You know, I didn't really edit any of their songs or do anything no. like that. I just sort of helped them in the studio, really. Yeah. But then, yeah, so Blood Dust and stuff is where I learnt recording. Yeah. Because you can make mistakes on your own shit. You yeah, can't do it on someone else's shit. <laughs> they'll fucking hate you forever. Yeah. So. Well, if you're organising everything, that's where you can make your yeah, mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And yeah. so after doing that, obviously you just continued doing that for a little while, and then I suppose from there it built into just after yeah. buying computer programs, recording shit for people. When did you start advertising or uh, trying to get other people's work kind of thing? Well, I kind of, I don't really know. Yeah. I, don't, I really can't figure out how I started doing stuff. I think it's just that thing where someone knows someone and they're like oh can you help us make our record or whatever right so i just you know i kind of accumulated enough microphones like i do stuff like if blood duster was doing something instead of paying someone else a fuckload of money you just do it i'd do it and just you know use that money that we were going yeah. to spend on something you know like was that around the time as well you were working in the vinyl joint no that was way later the okay. vinyl thing yeah right. um Okay, so what what then was the first thing, the first, I guess, like the first big thing that you remember working on? Was it always Blood Duster stuff that yeah, that took that? or That was probably the, the Leiden Nah record was the first one where I did probably, you know, most of it, we recorded the drums at Toyland. Yep. But then did the guitars and, you know, or, or at least reamped all the guitars and all that kind of stuff on our own time you know so yeah and was that the first like iteration then of goat sound being a thing yeah yeah yep. around that time yeah yeah i don't even know how that became a name yeah it's just one of those this is the name something has to happen you know you hear use this yeah you know. but yeah. yeah i don't know it's, it, that that all that recording stuff all happened while other things were happening you know like i was just helping bands out and then it would turn into I'm helping them out more than, you know, more than I should be, probably. Yeah, right, know. okay. Because so, yeah. um, I, I remember you telling me once, uh, ages ago, that, like, the, like, your idea about getting into doing, like, running it as, like, a business or whatever, yeah. was that Goat Sound was just a name for you yeah. to use when you just recorded anything. Yeah. Because of the time you didn't have a studio and you didn't yeah. have... Well, you had to have, had a, to name. have a name. It couldn't yeah. be just, you know, it was recorded at what you just go recorded at Goat Sound, Goat Sound which yeah. was just wherever you were wherever, happening to yeah. record it. So when did you start actually building your studio? Uh, well, every rental house that we had, you know, there'd always be a bedroom put aside that was just like where I put all the you know, computer or you know and. The, tool set up and something 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 and you know yeah. all that kind of shit so there was always just a room mm -hmm. i mean the pod people record we did uh we did the drums at toyland and then we drums and maybe guitars yeah then we did all the other stuff just in bedrooms at my rental houses yeah right we did all the vocals in a bedroom in the same room where i was recording you know so yeah right yeah so that was you know and when, so when you bought the house that you're in now, was that, like, obviously that was part of the conscious decision, yeah, we, was that yeah, you needed to buy that, yeah. a house that could suit having a studio in it? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, they had that garage and all that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
And was that an arduous process, building the first studio uh, you've ever built? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, it was pretty sort of, you know, the structure was there. Yeah. It just, you know, it was a fucking tin roof. Mm-hmm. So we had to, like, you know, build the room kind of inside it and all that kind of stuff. But it was probably good because it wasn't, it might have taken a month to build. Yeah. But, you know, from learning how to fucking build something yeah, yeah. to the point of having it done where That's you can pretty do good, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it wasn't like a massive thing, so it kind of prepared me for this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I've had all that building stuff that I've done is pretty much so I could just build a studio at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so, and then at that point, was that starting to, t- like, was recording starting to take over a lot of your time well, doing shit? Or? Well, I've always hated work. Yeah. Like, work defined as going somewhere, somewhere where you don't want to be, yeah. you know. So recording always seemed like, it's fun, I'm getting to hang out with bands, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, like, yeah. I'd do it and not be paid, like, most of the time, like, yeah. I'm doing it, Yeah. you know, so, you know, fuck, it's pretty much, to the annoyance of my wife, it's pretty much always been like, well, that's what I do. Yeah. There's going to be times where there's no money. You were going to have to deal Love with that. Love me for it, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. lucky for you then. Yeah, well, fuck yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, She'll leave. This whole fucking place has been designed, <laughs> so when she decides I've had enough of this shit, I've got somewhere to live. This is it. This is your house. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have just been kicked out of the house. <laughs> so I have nothing. Now, at least, I've got somewhere to go. Yeah. yeah. So what, I mean, again, I... I talked to you about this before so I know the answer but what what was the real push for you to get out of recording in your house and do something as well, big as yeah, this like, it's just I needed to have a room that could record drums probably yeah I was going to other studios that I fucking love yeah to record drums and every time I did it I was just like I want to record the drums yeah I can do this I, I want to you know yeah. I want the fucking perfect room yeah so that's what it's all been about is just you know just trying to get better and better sounds and you know everything else so yeah once you've got all the gear to kind of record and you realize that the spaces you're recording in is are not optimum then that's what you got to do you need to you move. just got to fucking suck it up mm. fucking build somewhere or buy somewhere so. well for someone who doesn't like work you definitely yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> put yourself in a corner building yeah, it's a fucking, yeah it was a lot of work yeah but you know, the first first thing I tracked in there, I was just like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. Awesome, you know? Yeah. And how many things have you done here now? Probably 15. Yeah. Yeah, 10 or 15. That's cool. Yeah, it's like a, you know, it's, it's like as soon as I left the house. Yeah. It's like, I, like I can't prove this in any way. Yeah. But it's like people's mental perception of my recording abilities has risen. Right. Like. Oh no, he's he has a warehouse. It's a studio. Yeah. You know where going just just purely the fact of going to someone's house. Yeah. It's like, uh, he's a backyarder. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing's changed. All no. the gear's exactly the same. It's just I've got a really nice big room now. And you've done. I mean, that's not to discredit anything you've done either. Everything. Yeah, no, like well, yeah, All no, of no, the no. thing. I I would say, I mean, obviously, you haven't been here for that long, but yeah. everything you are known for yeah, yeah, yeah. was effectively done. Yeah. <laughs> in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, like you can record anywhere, but it's fucking heaps easier if the room's good. Yeah, yeah. You that's know, true. it's like now I can turn up the room mics. You know, all my recordings sounded a little bit claustrophobic. Yeah. Just purely because I couldn't turn up the room mics. You know? Yeah, sure. So now, you know, I, I think the first record I mixed here was it's either Watchtower or um, or uh, Trench Sisters. Yeah. And I listened back to both of them. They were only a couple months ago. I listened back to both of them, and it's just fucking massive room sounds. Yeah, because like, you were just obsessed with like getting them up. Someone's keen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it makes a fucking massive difference just being able to do things like that that you couldn't couldn't do somewhere else. Yeah. Like, and I'm not having to cut a corner or fight something. Yeah. So it's good. No, that's cool. Um, and like, would this be like, is this as at the moment, obviously, you've not yeah. again. This is, you've not been here for this long, but is this where you see 
like goat sound living at for now yeah, like, like now on and I, like i can't see me moving to another joint i mean i'm only renting yeah so anything could happen yeah you know i mean i've spent a fucking ton of money yeah. building the joint so i don't want to move yeah like i i built the rooms exactly as i wanted them yeah you know the sizes are all like i wanted you know it's everything's like i'm not unhappy about anything here yeah so can't see myself moving but who knows you know in you know a year's time i might decide that you know that room isn't big enough yeah M- maybe i want to record an orchestra or you know, yeah who yeah knows, so but you have that you have that option as well here in the sense yeah, that you could just change things yeah. to you know like it's it's a big big enough space like there's you know, it's, you, know you did three albums at the old place yeah. It's it was very it was small. <laughs> you know, it was small. It fucking you smelt every dude's breath, yeah. every fart you sniffed, yep. you inhaled it. Yeah, you know, we did. And now you can just turn on the aircon. You can you know, get this ventilation. <laughs> there's ventilation. No farts. If, if, you no were, if you were to lie down on the floor, no one's going to have to walk over you to yeah, yeah. plug something in. So no, well, I mean, it's definitely like. Again, I've not recorded it yet, but it's definitely like a big yeah. difference of comfort. Yeah, Especially, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's that was more. I'm sure that was just as important for you as it was for other people. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. having to not have people in your yeah, house yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, you know, not having to use the um, the toilet inside. You know, five <laughs> dudes at a time walking into the house to use a toilet, and my wife's just like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. So. Yes, good. and yeah. dudes in metal bands are never very good in yeah, bathrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, no, I can't see myself going anywhere anytime. Yeah, and, uh, and obviously this is also functioning as a rehearsal space. Um, yeah. Was that something that you, well, was like, that, like, was that more a financial decision? Yeah, I, like, then? I kind of thought, I kind of thought about the, the current rate I was recording stuff mm-hmm. and went, well... If I go out and just rent somewhere to get into this big room that I want, yeah, you need to like, subsidise that. Somehow. There's, there's no way I can afford to do it. I need to do something. So I thought uh, if I put the rehearsal rooms in, that'll keep stuff going. That'll pay the rent, and then the recording side will, I can just grow that side of the business. Right. But you know, currently it's just surviving on the recording side of the business because yeah. no one knows I've got a rehearsal studio. Yeah, yeah. So you know that side just starts, starts to grow, but yeah. You know, it's just lucky the recording has just kicked off a bit more because. Um, so is it, it's gone more than when you were at yeah, the other yeah. place. Yeah, heaps more. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that I guess as well backs up your point that. Yeah, when you're just, not at your just, house, being yeah. like, oh, you got a studio yeah, now, like, I mean, do you? You know, people weren't booking. You know, a week at a time at, at my house. It was like smaller recordings and stuff. You know. Yeah. Weekends and stuff, but now you know now, you know in the last. You know, a couple of months. I think last month I did sixteen days recording. Yeah, which was awesome because yeah. I had so many fucking bills. I needed to have sixteen yeah, days recording great. to cover it. But it's like, you know, sixteen days in a month of solid recording is really good. Yeah. If I can get the re- um, rehearsal side up, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be it'd be really nice. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to be fucking rich, but at yeah. least I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Yeah, that's great. And you know, no yeah. fucking boss. No. Which. You know, I know it might sound completely fucking odd to some people that it irritates me so much. I fucking hate the idea of having a boss. <laughs> like, I really do. It, yeah. The whole idea makes me fucking sick. Yeah. You know? I, well, I mean, that probably as well stems pretty far from the fact that you left your parents' house when you yeah, were 16 know, yeah. and just <laughs> fucked off and then... Yeah. Yeah, but you know there used to be this piece of graffiti in Northcote in the um, car park behind like the, where the Northcote Social Club and yeah. stuff is. Back when that was an old man pub. Yeah. And it was this <laughs> piece of graffiti. Bar. Yeah. It said um, "Rather die than work." Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time, who was you know thought everyone who was on the dole should be enlisted in the military. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like me and her, it's, it's weird that we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> but she fucking hated that graffiti with such a passion. I couldn't understand. It. I loved it. It was like. Yeah. That's exactly what. What don't you understand about this? It was like this really big conflict between us. One day they covered up the bit of graffiti. Yeah. They painted that wall. Mm-hmm. 
So I got fucking blind drunk and then went and re-sprayed it. <laughs> same spot. That's great. But, so she went through the car park the next day and I was just like, huh? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah, we broke up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess, like, you've definitely worked fuckload though yeah, like like for work. someone who, yeah, yeah, who doesn't like work and doesn't yeah, like, I like a boss i like working yeah i just don't like a boss and a job where you have to do something you don't want yeah, to do yeah, yeah. yeah just the fucking idea of getting up and going and doing something else for someone just to get enough money to keep yourself going to work yeah to pay off the car to go to work or something it's like yeah. why not just have a shit car and get a tent yeah <laughs> like, oh, seriously, fuck. It just kills me. So if you didn't have a wife and a kid, at this point you'd probably be living I mean, in Seriously? <laughs> I can't be trusted, man. Like, I really can't be trusted. <laughs> like, if if it was up to me, like, and I was left to my own devices, yeah. I'd be fucking living in a fucking squat house with a fucking <laughs> basic recording setup just doing cross-punk bands or something, yeah. you know? Like. So yeah. the, the only reason you're as far as you are at this point is... For the sake of your family yeah. now. <laughs> Pretty much. That's alright. Pretty much like, yep. you know, if I could convince my wife to move in here with my kid, I would. You know, yeah. like I'd be like, fuck, why wouldn't you want to live in a studio? What's wrong with you? you know? And then invite like 30 more crusty yeah. bugs to live here too yeah. and develop this into a squat. Yeah, but you know, if, if you had the choice of like working and stuff, I didn't have a family and all that kind of thing and you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Fuck, you just get tent, wouldn't you? Live on a riverbank, <laughs> wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't. Oh, but, I would. But ah. I'm glad you would. Maybe, and maybe this again throws back to <laughs> seeing some dude's junk when yeah. you were a kid in yeah, Wangaratta. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressed under you. I wonder what happened to that junk. <laughs> I maybe can't, I can't maybe actually, it's down by a river. You know what? I can't actually remember seeing the junk. Yeah. I can't actually picture it. I just remember him always getting undressed. So, so yeah, I know it's weird. Um, you know. All right, mm. that's probably pretty good. The only uh, <laughs> the thing I did in the last one was I made Patty give me a top five list of things he liked about Canberra. Oh, really? Okay. So why don't you give me a top five list of things you don't like about Wangaratta? <laughs> um, okay. What I don't like about Wangaratta. Do your parents still live in Wangaratta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's too far away. Okay. So if I want to visit my fucking parents, it's just like, fuck, why can't you just, why can't they just move to Melbourne? Yeah. Like, they're just being stubborn. Or at, at least to point. Melton. They're being stubborn at this point. It's not like they go out everywhere. Yeah. Mum could join a tennis club here. Yeah. Um, so there's one. Yeah. Too far away. <laughs> so, too far away. Um, whenever I go there, people I went to school with, like, you run into them. And yeah. Because I left when I was 16. Yeah you run into them but you haven't seen them for so long you, you didn't really have a chance to develop that adult relationship with right. anyone so there's this kind of weirdness like like they look at you and they recognize you but they don't want to say anything you don't want to say anything yeah. so it's just kind of like hey well that like it's yeah. fu that's funny because like that's it, indicative of anyone who's from a small town but like and that shit happens to me yeah. I'm from Canberra and yeah. Canberra's way bigger than yeah. Wagarata <laughs> Yeah, but it's just that weird thing, like, you know, people want to, it's like, and I know that because people try and friend you on Facebook. Yeah, so you like, know who they are, it's like, what they look I like. I know who you are, <laughs> like, I know, it's just awkward, it's like, yeah. stop the awkwardness. Okay, like, you know, so, too far friendship. away, yeah, 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 okay. awkward friendship. Okay, um, what else have I got? Um... I don't know what else I don't like about it. It's always hot every time I go. Yeah, there. it is always hot. It's <laughs> always fucking hot or always cold. Yeah. Um, fucking frosty and shit. Um, yeah. Well, you've, you've got no reason to go there now anyway, really. Yeah, well, that's Other it. than your parents living well, there. Well, that's it, you know. Yeah, like... Right. I, I can't really think of anything no, else why I wouldn't like it. It's, right. it's just kind of, it's just a bit, a bit boring. Yeah, that's okay. You know? Alright, well, fuck Wangaratta. <laughs> that's the statement we're going to No, no, no. It. It's, it's not, <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually don't mind it, but I just don't want to see anyone from there. 
I just or be, be there. Just, I just want to cruise around and do my own thing. You know? Yeah. The river's good. Yeah. You know, you go to the river. You could live there. I could live by the river. <laughs> Don't think I'm not fucking. Maybe I'll go back there to. To retire. Yeah, to retire or something. Once the kid's old enough to take care left, of itself. Yeah. When the wife has left me. <laughs> Let's go back there and call it retirement. Record, record some <laughs> punk bands. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. There's no fucking bands there. Yeah. There's nothing there. Well, that had to be a main factor when yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, do you want to advertise anything? Do want to advertise anything? To the anything? hundred people that are going to listen to this. Come and record a goat sound, fuckwit. And practice here yeah, regularly. Yeah, bring your, if you've got a band that needs to rehearse, come down. Because I okay. need fucking bands rehearsing in here. Yep. To pay the fucking rent. Yep. Yeah. When's your band playing? Support the scene, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> When's the Ruiner playing again? Uh, we're doing that beer craft beer thing yep. on like May 20th or something. something. Oh, who the fuck keeps tracks of gigs? I don't know. <laughs> Hang on, let me find it. It is <coughs> March. A fantastic band, The Ruiner. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Dudes from other bands. Yeah. That's Mate. all you need to know. Mate. I don't even have it in here. That's okay. Yeah. May at some point, look it up yeah. on the internet. Yeah. So come to Goat Sound. Yep, come see the Ruiner. Come see the Ruiner. Come see the Birdcage. Come see the well, Birdcage. That's my surf band. And when are you playing? Yeah. Uh, don't know. Where are you playing? Don't know, but we, we, the album's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Sick. Yeah. Great. So. Did you record it here or at the old one? We recorded it at the old place. Yeah. We, we set up and recorded the rehearsal before the first gig. Yeah. It sounds fucking sick. So that's, that's the album. album. That's great. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it. Listen to I Exist too. Cool. Peace!